I appreciate prayer closet. Thankful for time of prayer and communion uh, alone with God, but I'm also thankful for an altar of prayer, for community prayer. And something churches are moving away from today will uh, often find uh, in churches maybe just a, a generalized prayer from one of the laymen or lay people, and, and that's about it. But I'm thankful that uh, this church still observes altar of prayer. I tell you, I'm not trying to be down on anybody, but I was involved with a church at one time that said, well, we're trying to streamline our service, make things a little, flow a little faster, and get us out of here around 12 or 12.15, and, and someone spoke up, and I said, he said, well, we pray too much. And I said, what? And he said, we pray before Sunday school, we pray during Sunday school, we pray after Sunday school, we pray before service, and I said, yeah, it's intended to be that way. <laughs> and, um, uh, you can't pray too much. You can't pray, and you can't pray too much together. Church, uh, some wonderful thing you do is you have a prayer meeting on Tuesday nights. Now, I know there's a need for the church, uh, but there's nothing wrong with meeting together every day and praying together. Amen. Acts 5.42 said, Daily in the temple and in every house they cease not to teach and preach Jesus Christ. Uh, I know we get together and do it a couple times a week, but man, they were doing it daily. Isn't it? We just can't pray too much. We just can't pray too much today. And so, you have your Bibles, Luke 24. Luke 24. Look, now we're going to cover a lot of Scripture, but we're not going to read it all this evening. Uh, and uh, as you find your places, or somewhere around verse 13. Somewhere around verse 13. Now, I know we have a meal, so I'm going to do my best. Uh, I don't have a clock, but I'm going to do my best not to keep us all night. How about that? Uh, so Luke uh, 24, but we're going to be mindful of the Lord. In verse 13, I'll ask you, uh, maybe if you can, stand with us this evening, if you can and will. I love to reverence and honor the Word of God. Verse 13 of Luke chapter 24, And behold, two of them went that same day to a village called Emmaus, which was from Jerusalem, about threescore furlongs. And they talked together all these things which had happened. Now, understanding this is after Christ's resurrection. So this is post, uh, post-crucifixion, post post-resurrection. They seen an empty tomb. Everybody got a little upset. And so two of them took off and uh, and they talked together of all the things which had happened in verse 14. Verse, verse 15, and it came to pass that while they communed together and reasoned, Jesus himself drew near and went with them. But their eyes were holden that they should not know him. And he said unto them, What manner of communications are these that ye have one with another as ye walk and are sad? A little bit of heartbreak there. A little bit of heartbreak. Now, I want you to jump over. I want you to jump all the way over to verse 32. Verse 31, excuse me. From 17 all the way to 31. And their eyes were opened, and they knew him. And he vanished out of their sight. Verse 32. And they said one with another, Did not our heart burn within us while he talked with us, by the way, while he opened to us the Scriptures? These guys... They went from a heartache to a heartburn. I'd say today, every one of us standing in here have got a heartache in our life. 
whether it be a lost person, whether maybe it's a disappointment, maybe it's a, maybe it's a trial, maybe it's just something that you haven't seen come to pass yet. I'd say every one of us have a heartache in this room this evening. But guaranteed that if we meet with the Master, we can leave here with a heartburn. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Father, again, uh, we're privileged uh, just to stand and read your word aloud. And Father, if that's all we can do today, Lord, we'd be blessed. We know, uh, Lord, that the word is sharp and it's powerful. And so I pray, Lord, Holy Spirit, have his way uh, in our hearts and lives. We'll thank you in Jesus' name. Amen, amen. You may be seated. From heartbreak to heartburn. Amen. Looking at the little sign outside on the church. And uh, 18-something to 1966, I believe. Maybe 68. Who knows? Who knows the history of the church? Uh Uh-oh. Anyhow, the, yeah! (laughs) You walk by it every, every Sunday and you don't know what it says. Anyhow... And my wife and I were talking in in the church that I spiritually grew up in, uh, where I got saved and surrendered to preach, North Hazelwood, it was built around the same time in the 60s. And I looked at her and I said, there was something good going on in the 60s, the late 60s. There was something good going on in the mountains of western North Carolina. A lot of churches uh, were built somewhere in the 60s, whether they were rebuilt or a new structure, whatever it was, there was something good going on with the church in the late 60s. And I would to God that if the Lord tarries and my youngest and my oldest son, who's five, if they grow to be in their 30s, that they would look back and say, there was something good going on in the 2016s and 2017s. Why, God must have been working. We see this evidence. We see this footprint. And it's in those times that heartbreak was turned into heartburn. So we're going to see, just for a few minutes this evening from the Scriptures, uh, that, that there's some things that happen when we abide. Now, we jumped over this verse, but down in verse 29 of Luke 24, they, uh, they, Christ was going to walk on, and they were going to stop. And, and, and he, I'm sure Christ was just kind of testing the waters. And they said, whoa, 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 come with us, and read here in verse 29. But they constrained him, saying, Abide with us, for it's toward evening, and the day is far spent. They said, it's getting late in the evening, and we want you to abide with us. Now, Christ had been walking with them, and he, he probably gave the most impacting Old Testament sermon that's ever been given. Amen? He started, he, he started clear back, beginning at Moses and all the prophets in verse 27, and he began to expound the Scriptures to them. Amen? And, and, and as they were walking along, they, they fell in love with this thought, hey, we're learning, we're growing, we're, we're, we're building on these things. And they said, we don't want you to go, we want you to stay with us. And they asked him to abide. Now look, church, if we want to change a heartbreak into a heartburn, there's going to have to be some abiding with Christ. There's going to have to be some abiding with Christ. Amen. Well, abide is just to remain, to stay, or to tarry. I use my wife probably as an example more than I should. Uh, and when we, were, when we were courting, amen, I'd go up to her parents' house. Now, I'll tell you, one day I'll tell you the whole story. I knew her dad before I knew her, amen. He, he, he shanghaied me into that thing. No, I'm kidding. Anyhow, I'd go up there, and, and he and I'd talk half the night, and I'd realize it started getting late, and we'd, we'd kind of tarry there in the living room, the whole family. I wouldn't be alone with her for sake of my testimony, but... We'd tarry, tarry late into the evening. <laughs> and, uh, 
And, and boy, I, I was just, I was trying to convince her that she really needed to marry me. That's what I was doing. And, and, but I would abide. I would, abide. I would to God that we'd have a, uh, an absolute yearning to abide with Christ and say, you know what, I'm going to hang out here. I don't care how late it gets. I don't want you to go. I want you to stay. remain or to tarry now we were talking about preachers of old one time and and they said oh man these preachers they really had it they really had it and preachers weren't preaching anything different than we're preaching today okay chapter three god said i changed not therefore you sons of jacob you're not consumed so we understand god hasn't changed god's word hasn't changed who changed people have changed it's a whole lot easier to get away from conviction when we can get home and, and watch whatever we watch on the television nowadays. Amen? I'm not anti-TV, just most of it's junk. Amen. But I, I tell you, if you want to desensitize the church, amen, get their mind focused on uh, making 500 left turns. Amen. I ain't got nothing against racing, but hey, when racing's more important than the Scriptures, you got a problem. We get more concerned who's going to win a football game and if we're going to win any money on it. you got a problem. Amen. When we can walk out of church and completely forget the message because of something we watch or something we do, hey, we've been desensitized, church. But I want you to listen here. So they said one to another, in verse 32, did not our heart burn within us while he talked with us, by the way, and while he opened to us the Scriptures? Amen. Hey, I'm, I'm all for a praise. I'm all for a praise service. Amen. I love them. And, and boy, I was here, I don't know, a couple months ago. I had a, I had a Sunday night that I was free, and I slipped in. Uh, I tried to slip in late, just down the back pew. Just wanted to be in a worship service. And that's what it ended up being. I sang and testified and, and things. When I love a worship service, but there comes a time to learn. There comes a time to learn to open up the Scriptures and to be strengthened and to be encouraged by them. And so I want to I show you what happened. Now, they had all this heartbreak. But after this, in verse 33, and they rose up the same hour and returned into Jerusalem and found the eleven gathered together. Now notice this. They said, they said to Christ, Christ was going to walk on. And they said, whoa, 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 it's getting late, man. You need to stay right here with us. You need to abide with us. Talk with us a little longer. And when Christ revealed himself to them and vanished, they rose up the same hour and got back to Jerusalem. And it completely changed their perspective. You get alone with God, or if you get in a community older with God, and you get a touch from God, it'll change your perspective, and it'll change your plans. It'll change your plans. And so I want you to notice here that, that haste, now my grandmother raised me saying haste makes waste. I agree, but we're not living in a day and hour, uh, spiritually speaking, that we can, uh, we can just wait around. We're not, we're not living in a day and hour. Everybody says, well, I believe we're living in the final hours, not the final days. Hey, the only thing I know is we have one less day than we had yesterday. Whether we go by way of the grave or whether that trumpet sounds and, and lifts his church out. By the way, I'm, I'm premillennial. I believe you all are too. Amen. And so premillennial, I don't like to go to the post office. Three, got it, all right. You hang on to that one for a little while, it'll come to you. Uh, but anyways, hey, look, I believe God's going to call His church out uh, before all of it happens, and especially before all hell on earth breaks loose. 
Amen. I believe it. So whether I go uh, by way of the grave or by way of the trumpet, I have one less day than I did yesterday. I have one less hour than I did an hour ago. Amen. Amen. And, and when you abide with the Lord a little bit, you'll start making haste. And you'll get some you'll get some, you'll get some ambition about you. Amen. Amen. You ask people, why don't you witness? Why don't you uh, why don't you tell others what happened to you? Hey, get a bite. Hey, Amen. you abide long enough and He touches you, you'll get up out of the altar wanting to tell somebody. Amen. Listen, uh, you remember the book of Judges, chapter 2 and verse 10. Um, chap- book, of, book of Judges, chapter 2. That's when Joshua died. You remember? Joshua died, was carried on his fathers. And then another generation died off after him. So and then, uh, then we're talking about Joshua's grandchildren. And it said... And there arose another generation after them that knew not the Lord, nor yet the works which He had done for Israel. And look, there's a reason behind that, because they weren't abiding in God's Word anymore. Amen? They were told when they went into Canaan land, they were told, look, break down the altars, run out the inhabitants thereof, don't make any league with them, so on and so forth. They disobeyed God's voice. They made a league with the inhabitants of the land. They didn't break down the altars. They adopted false gods. And two short generations later, they stood there saying, We don't know God or anything He did for our grandfathers. Folks, we're two generations away. If the Lord tarries, we're two generations away. I remember one night, it was clear back in 2005. Clear back in, it was 2004. We were working on church and it it was getting late in the evening and we got a phone call. Uh, and a dear brother that uh, we were close to, he had a heart attack clear on the west end of Tennessee. And we got this call, and they said it doesn't look good. His wife called and said, and she said, I know it's late, but it doesn't look good. Three of us got the call. One was driving, one was praying, one was sleeping. <laughs> and it went that way all night till we got to the other end of Tennessee. One was driving, one was praying, one was sleeping. And we walked in that hospital about 5.30 in the morning. And, and, and we got there and we sat and we waited. And so the, the next heart doctor came in. They wouldn't let us see him. They wouldn't let us see our friend. And the uh, next heart doctor came in and the, the two heart doctors were standing there talking. And he said, when we brought him in last night, these were the symptoms. And we're kind of poking our heads out the hall. And the, the heart doctor coming on said, I just looked at him and there's no sign of a heart attack. And they argued in the hallway about whether this man had a heart attack. We just went ahead and shut the door and had a praise fest in that, in that little waiting room, amen? Hey, but our children will never know these things if we don't tell them. Amen? February 2000, I left my college, my, my college machining classes, and, and I looked at my instructor. I said, i got to go to church. He said, I don't have church on Tuesday night. I said, yeah, they do. This one does. And I didn't know any better. They have a revival. Slipped in on the back pew and... I was the only one that got saved that night. I tell everybody that was just for me, amen. In a, in a, in a sanctuary of about 200 people, I was the only one that got saved. But a- anyhow, hey, if my children don't know that, it's nobody's fault but mine. Hey, there's an urgency for you to get out and tell somebody. There's an urgency. You say, what's going on with the Muslim community? What's going on with the Jehovah's Witness community that they're advancing at such a rate? They've got an urgency about it. It's a false, it's lies, it's going to send people to hell, but they've got an urgency about them. Hey, we need some heartburn. We need a good case of heavenly heartburn. Amen. 
We need a good case of heavenly heartburn. A book of Psalms 119 and 60. Let me read this to you. Amen. Anybody have anything in the oven over there? I don't want anybody mad at me. I was just going to say you might want to go check on this. (laughs) Psalms 119, verse 60. Psalms 119 and verse 60. Well, we'll grab 59. I thought on my ways and turned my feet unto thy testimonies. Unto thy testimonies. Verse 60. I made haste and delayed not. To keep thy commandments. He said, now look, when I got a hold of your testimonies, when I I turned from my ways and I got a hold of your testimonies, I made haste to move forward and keep your commandments. Hey, church, I know it's a Sunday and we're tired. Amen. Hey, but we need to make haste in telling others about the good news of Jesus Christ. You say, preacher, that's kind of reckless. (laughs) And we were talking in life group this morning they were telling me about a situation they walked into a house and uh, wasn't a good situation for somebody to go in witnessing and uh, and i get it there are those times but boy oh boy if you walk out from here ready to tell somebody god will put somebody in your way amen so back in luke 24 and so verse 33 and they rose up the same hour and returned into jerusalem and found the 11 11 gathered together and them that were with them now look there's also a zeal a zeal i'd say we need a heavenly zealousness amen we got a zeal for stuff we do we're living in the day of just burger king well i have it your way amen if you want the burger outside of the bun they'll do it for you and you just ask for it but look hey we need to have a heavenly zealousness why we're, we're so wrapped up in self we're so wrapped up in self lately uh, that, that we don't have a, a zeal for what God wants anymore. And so they, they had a zeal. So they returned to Jerusalem, found the 11 together. Now I want you to notice this, that they found them. They went diligently searching for them. They knew who they wanted to see in mind. Amen? There's a zealousness there. They didn't just haphazardly walk back into Jerusalem and say, well, if the other 11 show up, we'll tell them what happened. They went with purpose. They went with intent to tell the other 11. Their hearts burned within them. Burned to tell what just happened. How can you have an encounter? How can you have an encounter with the Son of God? And how can you, know, how can you have communion with the Son of God and not want to tell somebody about it? Amen. Can somebody answer the question? Amen? Now, that's kind of rhetorical. I don't want you to answer it right now. And if you have an answer for it, tell me at dinner, and we'll stop and have a prayer meeting. Because there is absolutely no reason that you should ever have an encounter with the Son of God. That you should ever have an encounter with the Holy Spirit manifesting Himself in this manner that you wouldn't want to tell somebody. I could drag every one of you down to Walmart and get you a TV for 50 bucks and you could go tell 100 people. I got this big old TV for 50 bucks. (laughs) Hey, I got heaven for free. Amen. Why wouldn't we want to tell somebody, hey, I just got to walk with the Lord. I had a time of communion. That's not bragging. And then you say, well, that's just bragging on how spiritual you are. It's not bragging on how spiritual you are. It's bragging how faithful Jesus is in your life. Amen. Amen. Well, I found him at, 
and not just in the deepest, darkest times, and, and on the mountaintops I commune with him. Amen? Hallelujah. He's faithful through it all. He's faithful through it all. So we ought to have a zealousness. They went with intent and purpose to tell somebody what happened to them. Amen. Mm. Rose up that same hour, returned to Jerusalem, and they found the eleven. Now, who are you to find? Who are you to find this week? And you're to find somebody. Look, you weren't left here just to be a lawn ornament for God. Amen. You're not yard art. You're not here just to occupy a bench and just, just, to, just to warm a pew. There's no such thing as a pew warmer in the church. I want you to know that. Uh, contrary to what you might have been told, there's no such thing. There is a work, a job, a ministry, and a mission field for everybody that sits in the church. Every born-again believer, whether you got four walls to worship in or not, there is something for you to do in the work of God. If there wasn't, he would have took you home when you accepted him. That zealousness. Where's that zealousness? Where's that zeal? Baseball season's kicking up, and boy, I tell you, some of the most passionate. I'd say I'd say parents, uh, baseball parents. We got any baseball parents in here? Amen, guys. Yeah, I'm going to come check you out on a game. They'll rival. They'll, they, I, I, think, I think they're actually more zealous than football parents. Baseball gets heated. It does. Now, I'm from northeastern Pennsylvania. Little League Hall of Fame's right up there. And, and boy, there's been some knockdown dragouts on the Little League field. And, and it wasn't kids. It was parents. <laughs> and, uh, hey, I want to God that we would get as zealous in the church for our children and for everything going on around them in the church as we do on the ball field. Now, I'm not just picking on you guys, but the honest-to-goodness truth is we've lost our zeal because we don't have a good case of heavenly heartburn. We're sitting back with a heartache and nursing our wounds over something. Hey, you need to, you need to get a hold of the Lord, take a good walk with Him, uh, ask Him to abide with you a while, get a good case of heavenly heartburn, and get on fire for God. Amen. That's where you need to be. I asked the Lord if I could come in and preach love, and He Anyhow, hey, Jesus loves you, amen. He loves you. And he loves you too much to leave you just sitting there wondering what you're doing on this earth. One of the happiest days in a saved person's life is when they figure out just exactly what God wants them to do with their life. Pastor uh, Clarence Sexton of the Temple Baptist Church in Knoxville, Tennessee made a statement one time, and he said that the prime of a man's life Prime of a woman's life, prime of a person's life is spent in the will of God. Is spent in the will of God. Amen. You let that sink in. There's no better life that you could live than that spent zealous for the Lord in his will. Amen. Amen. So let's let's finally, let's let's wrap this up. So this abiding, this abiding that they did down in verse 29 uh, really, really charged them up to do some things. And that, that charged up, it made them uh, their haste and their zeal, but look at this, they're witnessing. Now, I've run all over this, so I'm not going to tarry here long. Listen, when you abide, you'll witness. When you abide, you'll witness. Little girl, little girl went to church for the first time, rode a bus to church. And the preacher was 
preaching about God, talking about how big he was. And after service, she came up and she said, Preacher, if God's so big and we're so small and he comes to live in us, wouldn't he just poke out all over? <laughs> you ought to be poking out all over. Amen. I just a testimony spewing from your lips every minute about how God is, how good God is to you. So look here in verse 34. So they went and they found the 11 with purpose and with zeal. They didn't wait. They didn't. Uh, they went and found the 11 gathered together and them that were with them saying, the Lord is risen indeed and hath appeared unto Simon. Amen. They went, and they testified. They went, and they testified. You say, preacher, I don't have a testimony today. God didn't really do anything for me today. Absolutely not. You're 100% wrong. Amen. You are. If you're saved by the grace of God, you got a testimony every day. Amen. You can brag on God each and every day. I know there's days when it's hard, but look, 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 these two, these two were on the road and they were heartbroken that, that Christ had been crucified, placed in the grave, and now he was missing. They were just heartbroken. What now? They're going to kill us. What now? And they just took off. Well, Christ came and abode with them a while. And they testified of it. The Lord is risen indeed. You say, well, there's days where I just don't feel like I got a good testimony. Hey, tell them, hey, Jesus is risen. I have a living hope. Amen. You don't have a dead hope. Amen. I've always wondered why our, uh, our symbol is the cross. I have. Now, I'm kind of an outside-of-the-box thinker sometimes. But maybe an empty tomb was just too hard to symbolize in pictures. But hallelujah. Hey, hey, I'm thankful for the obedience that took place on the cross and the blood that was shed for your sins and my sins. But hallelujah, had he never got up from that grave, we wouldn't have a hope. Amen. We wouldn't have hope today. We'd go worship an idol just like those with Buddha and Muhammad and all these others. Amen. But I have a hope, a living hope. Amen. Amen. Now you, look, I know we didn't read over this, but Resurrection Sunday's coming up. And you know, they poked their head, Peter, Mary, they, they poked their head in there, into that sepulcher, and they seen, they seen those grave clothes folded, laying on the table. And, uh, well, they took a look at that and went. Now, look, it's important for us to do our studies so we understand the Bible. Amen. Now, look, in that culture, in that day, had someone just thrown the napkin down, that meant they were done. They're over it. They're out of there. But if they folded their napkin and left it in its place, it meant they're coming back. They're coming back. Study it out. Go home and study it out. Hallelujah, he left that napkin folded and let you know he's coming back. Amen. And hey, hey, between now and then, you ought to have a good case of heavenly heartburn. Amen. You say, I'm riddled with heartache tonight. Get in this altar and get some heartburn. Amen. Let's get on fire for the Lord. You've got too big of a mission field for you. Amen. Too good of a life. You are too blessed by God. Amen. To walk around with anything but a good case of heavenly heartburn. Amen. Let's stand to our feet. Amen. Let's have a word of prayer. Amen. I don't know. Maybe if someone wants to come pray. Uh, Why you do that now? Come on, make your way. Uh, If you don't, amen, you leave out of here with a case of heartburn, don't you? Don't don't walk over there. If I go over there and you've got that lower lip pooched out, we're going to have a talk, amen, because you had an opportunity to turn it around. Amen. There we're at. Let's pray. Father, again, uh, we are so privileged, so very privileged uh, to, to be able to handle your word.
be able to read it aloud. And Lord, we're privileged in, uh, in that you will abide with us as long as we're willing to abide with you. And Father, I thank you that you'll never leave us nor forsake us. I thank you that uh, there, there won't ever be a day that I will ever see or feel an absence of your presence. God, I thank you for that. And so, Lord, I pray, Lord, every one of us face something different in this sanctuary tonight. Uh, Lord, I pray you'll continue to work on our hearts uh, that we'll go from, uh, from this sad and, and heartbreak to a heartburn for you to, to tell others of your, your glorious uprising. And, and, Lord, that you're risen. And, Father, too many Easter, Easter bunnies and Easter eggs this month, Lord. Uh, the world needs to hear about a risen Savior. Help us, Father, I pray. Give us boldness, strength, and encouragement. Father, we'll thank you in Jesus' name. Amen, amen. and amen.